0: Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek
1: inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau and I'm with Maggie Cruz, who is the winemaker at Jordan Winery in Fabiel's town of Healdsburg. Maggie. You know how long it's been that I've wanted to talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we're finally doing it. I am so excited because I just find your whole story kind of inspiring and interesting. And so I anticipate this is going to be the most fascinating conversation oh, ever. Oh, thank you. Pressure. <laughs> <Right>. yeah, <laughs> I ask for pressure. First of all, I find it unique that you were born and raised in Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and that your father was employed by Miller Brewing Company. So you kind of grew up in the beer world, but ended up in wine. Yes. Tell us how that happened.
2: Well, oddly enough, my dad worked for Miller Brewing Company in the eighties and it's my dad never really drank much beer at home. He always wanted to have wine. It was something he and my mom enjoyed together. So I think I've only seen him drink beer a handful of times. Oh wow! Um, So wine was wine, well and scotch, but really wine was something that they enjoyed together. And he was also uh, in the Navy and stationed at Treasure Island when he was in Vietnam. And um, he just thought it was a beautiful area in northern california and he would spend a little bit of time in napa valley and before you know napa valley is what it is now and right. so he and my mom would come out and vacation and go to san francisco and do some wine tasting so it's always been a part of our family
1: did you know you wanted to work in the wine industry what was that aha moment
2: <laughs> really i was interested in math and science um for a long time i thought i was gonna be an architect And I told my, my dad asked me why I wanted to be an architect, and I said it was really, you know, incorporating math and creativity and, you know, design. And he thought, what about winemaking? That's kind of where art and science meet. Is that something you would consider? And he knew that I love science, but I loved being in the lab, and I loved creating and doing things. And so he suggested it. We went and toured UC Davis, and I thought, this sounds great. (laughs) It's kind of odd for a girl from the Midwest, but... I loved it. I never thought of anything else from the time I was 17. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. So you literally moved out here to go to college.
2: Yes. Tell me what your first job was once you landed out here. My first official paying job yes. of Beyond Internships was, I worked for Judy Jordan uh, at Jay Vineyards mm-hmm. and Winery. So I've always been with the Jordan family. I guess you're just used to
1: their management style. How yes. about that? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and they make spectacular wines. So gosh, I think you're spoiled that way too. So
2: <laughs> you worked for
1: Judy at Jay and what did you do there?
2: So I actually started as an intern right Mm -hmm. when I graduated from UC Davis in 2005 and got hired on as their lab technician. And so I like sparkling wine because it was always busy. You know, you have um, tourage and um, harvest and all of that, exactly. And so it was busy year round, whereas still winemaking, you could have some slower months. Uh, So it was wonderful just to be busy and learn so much that first year. Why did you ever leave? I was called by Rob Davis, who was my mentor, and he had an enologist position available. And so I came here to interview. And working for Judy Jordan, I was clearly well aware of the Jordan Jordan family family. and the family, (laughs) exactly. And many people who had worked at Jay had worked here. And Jay actually started here at Jordan. The first few vintages were made here at the property in Healdsburg. And so it was a great interview and a great conversation. And I just, it was kind of going from like AAA baseball to like the major major leagues, leagues. (laughs) you go up the hill and it's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Right. To to make those world-class wines with raw was pretty exciting opportunity
1: so you joined jordan in 2006 then you went on to be an assistant and an associate winemaker and then in 2019 you became the head winemaker yes wow where do you go from here
2: you know i'm very happy making the two wines and i'm feel fortunate working for john because john jordan because He's constantly willing to let me play and experiment and try to improve our wines, staying within the same style uh, that his parents started in the 70s, and just constantly evolve and improve.
1: So describe a Maggie Cruz wine.
2: I love acid. I am an acid head. I love acidity. I love balanced wines. I don't like anything that's over-oaked. Oak should be lift the fruit up and support it, not overpower it. Um, and I love something with a lot of length to it and where that acidity kind of just finishes off the wine. It makes you want to take another sip.
1: So we have two wines in front of us right now. And one is is your wine. I yes. mean, like, is a great representation of your style of wine, yes.
2: correct? Yes. So we have our 2019 Jordan Cabernet. It was just released um, May 1st. And it's, it's the hard thing about making it, being a Cabernet winemaker. You have to wait four years for this wine to actually come out where you can talk about it and really have that personal connection. Fortunately, I've been at Jordan for a long time. Uh, so I, I've been here for many vintages. Right. But to finally have by your product out. <laughs> out in the market <laughs> exactly so our Cabernet has always been a Bordeaux blend so we have 80% Cabernet Sauvignon 10% Merlot 8% Petit Bordeaux and 2% Malbec so it's truly a blend of harmonious varietals just to make out that nice balanced elegant wine and it is an elegant wine it is spectacular thank Maggie.
1: you it's really fantastic what do you think about ratings are you fans of
2: ratings at Jordan It's been a journey with the ratings. There were the 90s where our style of wine has not changed. It's always been this leaner, balanced, acidic um, Cabernet. And so that was not in fashion in the 90s. Mm, People wanted big, high alcohol wines. And so we really didn't seek, we stayed true to our style. We weren't seeking out ratings. Now the tides have turned a little bit. We are sending our wines out and getting quite a bit of um, good reviews. So, of course, it's always nice to have someone with an excellent palate give you some kudos, but we're not constantly searching for ratings.
1: For ratings. You're not a rating-driven wine. You just like to make great wine and let people appreciate it. Exactly. Well, this is an elegant wine. It's, it's got a lot of fantastic black and red fruit flavors mm-hmm. and just smooth as silk. Yes. fantastic. During your wine career, who would you attribute your
2: inspiration or a mentor and somebody that's helped guide your career? So Jordan's had kind of a unique history with winemakers. Uh, Previous to me, we've only had one other winemaker and that was Rob Davis. And so he worked here from 1976 until he retired um, in 2019. So I worked for Rob for about 13 years. And he really is the man that has crafted every vintage of Jordan wine. And he taught me how to do it. So it's been a very fun process to learn from him and take the tools that I acquired under him and try to even improve that a little bit. And just kind of put your
1: spin on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, it is it is believed that women have better palates than men. So you had to have enhanced it.
2: You know, it's funny when you taste with someone for so long, you learn mm-hmm. each other's strengths. So I am very sensitive to smoke and very sensitive to green characteristics like vegetal, green mm-hmm. bean, bell pepper. And so, and Rob had his strengths as well. And so it was kind of nice to kind of balance those ideas. And I know that I'm not as sensitive to VA as he is. And I ask him, what do you think about that? So it's kind of funny how you learn to lean on each other mm-hmm. with the tastings.
1: So who do you lean on now?
2: I have an amazing assistant winemaker, Carrie Van Dyke, and she and I get to taste together, and she's learning her strengths, and it's, it's actually really fun to have someone new to taste with.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Rob was your mentor, Absolutely. you would say. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice that you recall that you think is significant to share?
2: Rob really enjoyed Harvest. He loved it. He loved the crazy hours. He was really, really excited. And so I think it was his energy throughout all of Harvest and his drive to continually make a better wine and not always go the easiest route that really inspired me to do the same. Top moment of your career so far. 2019 was my first vintage as head winemaker, and it was a little bit of a challenging year. It was cooler, and then all of a sudden we got this nice heat spike going into harvest, and so just kind of having to have the confidence to wait that out. And then 2019 we had the Kincaid fire come through here, mm-hmm. and we were actually evacuated from the winery for about five days. Okay, this is top moment. Yeah. <laughs> so to-, to come back to the winery right. after being okay. evacuated yeah. and. Smell the tanks and smell that they were still okay and still had some freshness. Thank goodness. Desperately in need of a pump over, but to actually, like, we're okay. My Mm -hmm. first vintage isn't completely ruined was such a relief. So I would say that was a top moment. And then, I mean, we're having this wine today. You wouldn't know that this wine had any sort of... hard times or struggle at no any no not at all when i
1: did a little research on jordan i noticed that your wine brand likes to place emphasis on the fact that you harvest your chardonnay
2: grapes in the middle of the night yes we like to start picking usually about 10 o'clock at night and the biggest reason is we want the fruit to come in really cold it retains its acidity the flavors are really bright and fresh and so my team comes here we we crush under the moon. We start about one o'clock in the morning here and we're pressing and it's kind of magical. There's no one else from the winery, you know, marketing or sales or accounting needing anything from you. It's just the team crushing amazing, delicious fruit under the moon and it's, it's kind of romantic actually. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> so we have a Chardonnay in front of us. We do. What vintage is this? This is our 2021, our current release, Mm -hmm. and 21 was an amazing vintage. Just really, really great growing season. I'm particularly excited about the 21 because this is the year where we experimented. Uh, we've always traditionally been stainless steel and uh, French oak. Now we are experimenting with concrete, eggs. Oh, mm-hmm. And so there's it was an experimental in 21, then but it was so successful that with the 22 vintage, we increased Continue. Yes. Oh, you
1: increased it. So what's the percentage, what's the breakdown?
2: Um, I'd say we're about 40% French oak, uh, 30% stainless steel and about 10% concrete egg yeah. it's elegant and lovely too yeah. I love it thank
1: you and this is yours
2: yes this yeah. is my
1: because book. 19 was your first and so this is 22 so
2: and our Chardonnays are very French inspired mm-hmm. they have a lot of bright acidity this only has about 14% malolactic mal- fermentation so that's just to kind of bring out the midway and give your wine a little bit more weight on the palate and then that acid just carries it through to the finish. And I think it's really nice. It pairs with all different kinds of food. It can take you know a nice oyster all the way up to a roast chicken or even duck it does well with.
1: What's your favorite Chardonnay
2: pairing? Uh, we have a ceviche favorite Yes. Your personal favorite. We have a ceviche that we yeah. make here at the winery, mm-hmm. and it is a halibut ceviche, and it is incredible. It, it's just the best pairing, and I love it. In
1: 2019, again, the famous year mm-hmm. of your first vintage and all of that, you guys made a big change in your corks. You use this DM cork, which is made of natural cork and beeswax. Which is a 100% guarantee.
2: 100% guarantee to be TCA free. So no cork taint with these. And it's, so like you said, they use natural cork and then they bind it with beeswax. Beeswax. But the beauty is they are able to treat all those little pieces of cork and use the same process that they actually use to decaffeinate coffee. It's a super critical process to take out all the off aromas and all of the TCA and any sort of issues. So it's just pure cork, beeswax, and then it's put all back together. So it's still a natural, sustainable Mm -hmm. process and product. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've really been excited because the other factor is, so it's 100% TCA free and then the oxygen transmission rate is very consistent. So you have natural cork and you don't know what's going on inside that cork. How much air is inside there. So when you Diem, they put it back together and it's the same amount of air getting in. So when you age our Chardonnay, and we do age our Chardonnay, uh, when you age it for 10 years and you open a whole case, every one of those bottles should taste exactly the same because it's had the same oxygen treatment from the cork. Because of this magical cork. Yes. Yes. It's been really successful. We were a little concerned that people would uh, notice the difference and just question it, but we've had zero complaints. People love it and... I'm trialing it on our Cabernet. We'll mm -hmm. see. We don't make big changes here. So I'm going to trial it for quite some time because people do hold on to our Cabernet for 20, 30, 40 years. So we'll see. Check back in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you looked at a crystal ball, what
1: would you like to see in your future from your career? Add another wine varietal increased production. What is the production here, by the way?
2: Um, so we're just under 100,000 cases here. 100? So yes. Yeah. So we are not small by any means. We're nationally distributed. Uh, I would really... I would love to play around with another varietal, but I think our tradition here has been that we do Cabernet Chardonnay and hospitality and we do it right and that's what we really focus on. I am very happy with playing around with our fruit sourcing. We're currently replanting it on our estate here and that's been really fun to play with different clones and Seek out new spots here on the estate. We have 1,200 acres. Wow. That um, We have a new brand new vineyard that had never been planted five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's our chateau block. And it's been really fun to play with that fruit. So I'm kind of having fun with continuing to explore and see all the different things that we can do to make our, our two wines better. But yes, yeah. as a creative person, would I love to have a third varietal in the mix? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: or maybe a specialty. Yes. Like a one-time t- one thing. Right? Like a Pinot you told me about that happened for one second. (laughs) Right? You know, maybe there's another wine, 10 year anniversary, or.
2: I'm thinking about distilling. I oh, think it'd really? Be fun to do some distilling here on the estate.
1: That's a whole nother conversation yeah. because I I consider myself a Kentuckian, so we could oh. talk about that. Okay. What would you like to distill? I'm curious. If you had your way, what would you like to distill? Tell me.
2: We'd love to make just like a cognac style. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that would really fit in with our French-driven inspiration, and it would just really pair out. Well, with our meals that we serve here, because we have an estate uh, chef and full culinary team, and we do lots of dinners and lunches, and I think it would be nice to have a little Cognac, Jordan Cognac, which you will have to figure out a name for it, Right. right? Um, well, th- at the end of a dinner. I think that would be a fantastic
1: compliment to the portfolio. It yes. seems like an should be an easy sell,
2: right? <laughs> I would think so. Hopefully, mm. John Jordan can hear this. and Yeah, because, I it.
1: mean, it, it would be a nice compliment to what you what you already have, and something completely different. So, you know, let's wish it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, put it out there. We'll manifest yeah. it right Affirm now.
1: It. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to have personal career goals, and you want to continue to challenge yourself. And I think it's some of the ways that you're doing that you talked about. You know, you're discovering new sites on, in the vineyard, and you're planting and new fruit sources and flavor profiles and all that fun stuff. Yes. And you got the egg Yes. <laughs> Summit egg, add a little minerality. How will you define success?
2: I would define it as doing something that you love and you are really passionate about it and being happy with that. Whether you are top dog CEO or you are entry level, if you're really happy and enjoy what you're doing and take pride in it, I think that's success.
0: Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at WineCountryWomen.com. I read that you live in Windsor. Of
2: all the places you could live, how did you select Windsor? I love Russian River Valley, Mm -hmm. and it's very close to there. Uh, Healdsburg, when I first moved to uh, the area, area, Healdsburg was lovely, but it's quite expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was 24 and hoping to buy a home. And so my (laughs) husband and I, uh, we found a great spot in Windsor. And we, like I said, we drink so much Pinot Noir in our house. It just seemed fitting to live close to the vineyards. Absolutely.
1: Well, and Windsor's such a darling
2: little town. It is. It's evolved a lot since we've lived there. As you alluded to, you have
1: a husband. You also have a daughter.
2: Yes, I have a nine-year-old daughter.
1: Nine-year-old daughter. You don't even look old enough to have a nine-year-old daughter. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The fun years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Before we talk about the family, when we take a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style?
2: Uh, I've been classified as California cool. Oh, yes. I like it got some coastal vibes I like the neutral colors and just like real casual fabrics the linens and uh, grays and light blues and I love art so I have fun picking art when I either travel or I'm in different galleries or or with my husband I, I love to collect things that remind me of certain occasions is
1: there an artist that you particularly like that you have hanging in your home no, my,
2: my taste is too expensive for what I can actually <laughs> afford. Yeah, I have that problem, too. <laughs> uh, no, not at this time. But I have been looking on, there's all kinds of great websites now where you can uh, look for up-and-coming artists and, mm-hmm. and select their different canvases. And so I'm, my husband and I are having fun at looking at something like that. We thought that would be a great anniversary present to each mm-hmm. other, just select awesome. a new piece of art. Well, that's a good way to mark the occasion,
1: right? Yes. <laughs> Favorite room in your house?
2: I have a very open concept in our home, so I would say the living room, because it opens right up to the kitchen. It's where everyone hangs out, and and we don't have a formal living room. Uh, We just have the one family living room, and so it's it's where all the action happens. Kids, adults hang out there.
1: When you kick back and relax...
2: What kind of music do you like to listen to? I have very eclectic taste. Okay, Uh, name some artists. Okay, I would say I'm probably lean more towards the indie side Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to really relax. One band I love, they're out of Houston. They're a trio. They're called Kruangbin. And it's like Thai surfer rock you can dance to it but you can also just have it on in the background and my parents in their 70s love it and my daughter loves it too I love it yeah they're really great I love it too (laughs) (laughs) I've seen them at the Gunlock Bunshu winery and then I've seen them at the Fox Theater in Oakland and so I mean they're they're big time but it was fun to see them when they were you know learning and kind of getting their their stride so I feel connected to them in that way.
1: Do you have time for a hobby other than maybe artwork? Do you collect anything?
2: Do you have a hobby that you can tell us about? <laughs> Normally, this is my scariest question because it's like between being a mom and working.
1: <laughs> well, you <laughs> like to cook and travel. <laughs> I, I do. Risk.
2: I okay. do like to cook and travel. And John Jordan and I have been talking about, I've, been, I've caught the the flying bug. I would love to get my pilot's license. Oh. So he and I, he's been encouraging me to start doing ground school in a few months. So trying to time that out because he's a pilot our director of sales is also a pilot so I just think it'd be neat to just say yes at one point in my life I have my pilot's
1: license okay does that mean you have to buy a plane (laughs) no No. I can rent one (laughs) okay well that's good that's fascinating so that leads me to my next question Mm -hmm. is there something people might be surprised to learn about you I mean do you Are you a thrill seeker? Do you like to skydive, propel down mountains? Um, (laughs) I don't know. That whole plane thing, you know, leads me to believe that you might be. Uh, Did
2: you do something crazy as a child? I did go skydiving. I went skydiving. I think I was 19 years old and My mom was really nervous for me to go skydiving. She was real anxious. So she decided she was going to go with me. Oh, geez So you guys were tethered to somebody, right? We we both had our individual (laughs) instructors So I was you know, we were in the plane and all these nerves and anxious feeling and my mom goes out first and I'm like, well, now I have to go. My mother just <laughs> went out the plane. I can't wuss out now. Right. So I went out right behind her. And it's, it was a real bonding moment for us. Would you do it again? I would. Okay. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> I think it'd sur- be really fun. I don't think my mom would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but you
1: survived. So that's, that's a good start. Exactly. To, to do it again. Yes.
2: I'm sure you've done quite a
1: bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. Is there a memorable trip that you can tell us about?
2: I am very lucky that I've been able to travel a lot with Jordan. Uh, and I remember in 2010, Rob Davis and I went to uh, France. And we went to the center of France. And uh, we actually went to the forest. We were in Troncay. So they were actually cutting a tree down right in front of us. And just to spell that freshly felled French oak that's probably been growing for 200, 250 years was just incredible. And to feel the this, the feel the earth as the tree is falling, it was, it was a really messy memorable experience I would never would have had had I not had this job right yeah right I don't think many people experience that yes it it for sure made a palate memory I'll never forget that (laughs) smile
1: okay we're in wine country Mm -hmm. we entertain all the time what is your secret to a successful dinner party
2: Oh, I love to entertain, mm-hmm. and I actually love uh, the Barefoot Contessa, Ina Garden. Yeah, she has her own Food Network show. Um, she's a fascinating woman. She actually worked for uh, President Carter and pre- yeah. I had no <laughs> idea. Ford. Yeah, in her previous career. But she always says to make it ahead. You don't oh. want to be cooking the whole time. So she even has a whole book dedicated to recipes that you can actually make ahead. Um, so I love to put, do as much prep as I possibly can so I can really enjoy my guests. And I love to invite different people who have no idea who they are, but you know that they have us in common, my family, and so to introduce people and to get them to know each other. Right. A discovery. Yes. uh, Of people. Do you have a go-to
1: dish that's always a crowd pleaser that you prepare?
2: Uh, it's seasonal, but I'd say in the wintertime, I like to make seafood gumbo. Mm. it's easy to make it's better the next day so it's easy with that regards yes pairs beautifully with a crisp acidic white wine and then it's just real easy just to have you know throw in a nice salad and put it over some rice and it's it's a delicious but simple meal okay wow how do you
1: like to spend your time with your family in wine country
2: in wine country, mm-hmm. we we love to go hiking. It's really we live in so many a great area in Russian River where you can go mm-hmm. along the Russian River, Riverfront Regional Park, or Foothill Park. Um, there's beautiful spots in Taylor Mountain and and in Sonoma. So we we love to go out and do some hiking. The nine year old likes to hike. She does. Oh, she right. does. We we try not to go too rigorous. She has <laughs> fun with it. She's learned to enjoy it and take our dog out and have fun with that. Uh, and my my daughters taken after me in that she says yes to everything she is in 4-H she does obstacle course racing she does every sport she can possibly get her hands on so she has lots of extracurriculars so I feel like I'm just constantly chasing her around which is a lot of fun actually as an only child I'm sure
1: myself I imagine it is fun plus she gets all that attention and that's good and bad
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to find that balance at this stage
1: right well let's wrap things up with five quick questions okay you ready? Yes. What kind of car do you drive?
2: Uh, my, I have a work car, and it is a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Okay. What's your favorite flower? Ooh, California poppy. Okay. Who would be your dream dinner guest? So Rob Davis is my mentor, and he learned and worked with Andrei Chelechev, mm-hmm. consulting winemaker mm-hmm. here at Jordan and in many amazing places in Napa and Sonoma. I would love to meet him. I've heard so many stories about him. He sounds like a fascinating person and just such a lovely personality. Okay.
1: What's one word that best describes you?
2: Driven. Okay. And
1: last question. Who is your favorite actor?
2: Pierce Brosnan oh I love he came here for an event for um the Humane Society Hmm. and not only is he just as handsome in person as he is on television but he all he did was get up and gush about his wife and how much work she does and it was so incredible to just watch him talk about what an amazing marriage and how incredible his wife was and he just fell even more in love with him that night how lovely yes
1: I'm glad to know that he's as lovely as I wanted him to be. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Maggie, you have been lovely and a true delight, and I am so excited we had a chance to sit together and chat. Thank you. Me too. This was really
0: enjoyable. Visit WineCountryWomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.